Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. 23 years in the National Football League, and I can tell you this. There is nobody that I admire and respect more than Lorenzo Alexander. He's one of those guys, he's like a lunch bell guy. That blue-collar appeal to coming to work, he's going to outwork you every single play. 15-year NFL veteran Lorenzo Alexander joins Wolf and Luke to give us the lowdown on the Cardinals and the NFL. Brought to you by your Valley Chevy dealers. See your Valley Chevy dealers for the ultimate lineup. Oh, baby, what a hit by Lorenzo Alexander. It is Thursday, so you know Zoe is here. Lorenzo Alexander joining us for the next hour. It's the lowdown. Zoe, what's going on over there, man? I'm doing good. Doing well. Blessed. Living life, you know, yeah, you know, like I am every week. Yeah, Zoe's always, he always comes in here in a good mood. There's no doubt about it, man. He's, you know, it's his life. He's living the life right it's now, life man. Right I like it. Just kind of walking around. What do you do exactly, Zoe? What are, what, are you retired? <laughs> <laughs> what do you do? I talk to you every week, Wolf. That's what I do. They probably want me to do more, but I refuse to. Um, what do I do? I mean, I do a ton of things. I, I mean, we've talked about me coaching. I'm almost done with my grad program. Um, I'm actually, I just got the new gig with the NFL Legends Community yes. Coordinator, right? And so just engaging former players and helping them with that transition piece and making sure that they're living, you know, fruitful and impactful lives as they move away because we just kind of talking off air, you know, a lot of guys have regret or can I still play? You kind of in that gray area, you know, how do I use my soft skills as I transition to this new world where I've never really even been able to invest myself, right? So it's a lot of different things and so we just try to tie guys First, the community, right? Because a lot of us isolate ourselves. And then number two, uh, what's resources, benefits, um, you know, those type of things that either what if you need counseling, life coaching, if you yeah. need, uh, you know, resume coaching, just different things. And so I think that's uh, something that the NFL and the PA have really um, invested um, significant dollars behind with the trust and some other things so just to really help guys still be um, live, a uh, like I said, a full, impactful life, you know, and just in, in a different arena. You know, I, I always thought, man, I am so ready to retire. I'm ready to retire. You know, if I get 10 years in, if I get, I'm, I'm going to be ready to retire. I really did believe that. I, I'd be I'd be willing to walk right in to life and do something, and I'd be okay with that until I actually had to retire. Yeah. <laughs> and then all of a sudden, it was like, man, yeah. you know what, football dominated a lot more of my life than what I expected it would. Yeah, not so and I think that's most people's careers, but most yeah. people aren't told, hey, you got to stop doing what you do, right? Yep. Because of age. Most most people, you can gracefully kind of age out and and kind of take your time with retirement, which, you know, is what, 60, early 60, it's probably later now because people decide that versus, uh, you know, let's say 26, 27, 30. You know, when you're, you're, you feel like I'm, I'm in the middle, of, I'm still young, I can still do yep. it, right? And you're being told most of the time, it's time for you to go away, whether it's an injury telling you, how much money you make is yeah. telling you or a coach is saying you're not good enough, right? Most people don't have to deal with that type of reality, which is another layer of 
that transition and trying to find something new that's going to fulfill you in that same way when you've reached your pinnacle of your industry, right? Yeah. Doctors, you know, I'm going to be a doctor until I'm 60. And then I may consult in that space. Players don't often have that, that type of uh, transition as we see a lot of guys doing broadcasting or going into coaching now. That That's very slim uh, for, for a lot of guys. It is ironic that when you bring it up, the, the normal retirement age is like 65-ish and Tom Brady's the one NFL player that may hit that if he keeps playing. <laughs> no, he's, he's yeah, we, that, he won't. I think he's got, <laughs> he's got about on the wall. He stayed one year too long, which I'm, 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 I'm guess, you, I guess you're good with that. You want to be yeah, sure, sure you're done. Yeah. He, he should be sure at this point. If I was Tom Brady, I probably would have hung on too long for sure. I, I'd come back for five more years too playing quarterback. Um, let's get into this injury report because it's um, it's comical, Wolf. And so I don't know if you've seen Minnesota's I, side of things. One, one guy. Yeah. <laughs> so I'm going to, I'm not going to read you the Cardinals yet. Let's just yeah. start with Minnesota. Jalen Naylor, hamstring issue, but was able to practice in full anyway. That's yeah. their injury report. <laughs> right. <laughs> All right. Get okay. lost, Minnesota. <laughs> so they, ridiculous. Think about this right now. They've played six games so far. Well, yep. mostly reporting. They've played six games, the Minnesota Vikings, and they missed one man game. One starter missed one game yeah. in those six games. Yeah. 21 guys. Yeah, think I know. about that. I know. It's crazy. you got to be Those are the teams me. that win the Super Bowl because they're, it's their actual starting lineup that's playing. Yeah. you you will, Well, I, who knows? I, that, that, that can't. Stand up for a complete year. I'll be shocked. And so I know they're probably hoping and praying. Let's just say we can get through this. Yep. And it's just kind of a guy here, guy here. And we don't have it all at once as you finish in the season because it is all about timing in the league as well. Yeah. And I'm shocked that they don't have, you know, more guys resting. So, I, I mean, if I had, if I'm, I haven't looked at their roster, so I'll say they're a fairly young team as well because they don't have, like, obviously on the Cardinals, you have. JJ, you have Ertz and you have Beecham that didn't practice because yeah. they're resting, yeah. right? Um, and you know, Pat P is not on on the list down here. Like, hey, I'm an older guy, let me rest. So I wonder what that means too, and how and how they conduct practice and and what that means for their like medical team. You know, what's amazing about it as well. Kevin O'Connell, the head coach for the Minnesota Vikings, he prepared his team exactly the way Cliff Kingsbury does mm. in training camp. You know, you thinking yeah, about yeah. it? I, I've been saying this for the longest time. You know what, Cliff? Whatever. You did this year, whatever you did in training camp this year in preseason, do the exact opposite. Yeah, but Cliff Counter's going to be like, look at Minnesota's injury report. That's going to be his county. And exactly Counter. right. Yeah, he's done the exact same thing. They don't they don't practice in pads the vast majority of the time. Uh, they don't hit a lot. As a matter of fact, people up there, if you listen to it, a brand new offense, and you're not out there practicing full speed. Right, you're not doing it. You're not dr- grinding these guys? Kevin O'Connell was not grinding these guys, and it was the talk of Minnesota Vikings preseason and training camp was how this team was not going to be ready for the regular season. They're 5-1. and one. And they've missed one man. Yeah, game. and and I and I always say this too. If you if you have to, I mean, unless you're just having some catastrophic stuff that's just way different. And this team, you know, when I think about the Cardinals, some of the guys are a little bit older that are kind of banged up as well, and so that's always going to shift the numbers a little bit. But um, I'm always thinking when you set your culture or what you do, you can't let like small anomalies or uh, you know adversity that you're going to experience to make you. Sh- shift significantly and so who you are you have to maintain that core and so last year it worked 
the last couple of years it probably worked, I would say. You know, having fast starts, but coming out late in the year. So yeah. this year is a little different for whatever reason. So now as a coach, I really want to switch everything as far as what I do and what I believe in because of this season. So you have to figure out what that is. And it's hard, right? I would say, though, though there's a difference between an injury situation that's going on with your team and maybe just not playing well. I think those are two different things. I don't think they they're are. necessarily the same thing. Correct. So, so maybe if you're looking at it like the injury, the, the ways the, the injuries were piling up for the Arizona Cardinals, I, I, you know, we all were just amazed. Yep. And for me, I do something different in regard to that. But because if, playing well, I don't, I don't necessarily think that's if they finish strong. Though. I mean, that, that was that was originally the point, right? Is to to spread it out better. If they, if they do finish strong, they're probably not going to change anything in the preseason because they're going to look and say, "Hey, we got better as the season went on." Okay, and then they're going to point to Minnesota. Yeah. <laughs> Wolf just gave me that look of, why did yeah. you bring this up going in the break? Right. Uh, coming up next, Aaron Rodgers has had some comments about his teammates. Should he be backing off? We're going to go through the latest NFL news as the lowdown continues. It's Wolf and Luke on Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. Arizona Sports. Nothing like this. Lorenzo Alexander, 15-year NFL veteran. And he is going to get sacked. Lorenzo Alexander, the former Cardinal. The Lowdown with Wolf and Luke. Brought to you by your Valley Chevy dealers. See your Valley Chevy dealers for the ultimate lineup. this along too since this trade happened in the last I don't know, hour or so. Did you see uh, the Giants trading Kadarius Tony to the Chiefs? No. For a conditional third and a sixth. Wow. Okay. So. A third? A conditional third. Yeah. And a sixth. So the Giants saying we need even less offense. I mean, he hasn't been doing anything for them, and they're winning anyway. So yes. why not? And the Chiefs apparently need more receivers. Yeah. Are you kidding me? <laughs> why not? The Chiefs need more receivers, and if the Giants are like, man, we're running the ball. Yeah. Ooh, Get we'll, out of the we'll way. we games 18-16. We don't care. Right. We're 6-1. and one. Uh, Lorenzo Alexander is here. It is the lowdown as it is every Thursday, and we're going to go around the NFL here for some of the news. We're going to start, though, with Aaron Rodgers, who – Earlier this week, basically said um, they got some young players that are making mistakes, and those guys need to not be playing as much if they're going to make mistakes. So before I play his response to the reaction, uh, what's just your initial thought on that? If you're a veteran, you're a leader of a team, is that leading? Is that is that crossing the line? Uh, I think it's leading. I mean, the clip that I heard, and then maybe you're going to play this one too, he, he did say balls in the wrong spot. Too. So he did call himself out for not playing well. And I think certain guys in this league have the ability to call guys out. Now, what, you know, if you're calling guys out specifically yep. and saying you did that's something different, but he's, if he's generalizing, hey, you need to step up and play young guys. You got to earn your way in this league. Nobody's giving you nothing and letting them know. Um, um, and from a media perspective, I mean, I'm fine with that. It's, it's, it's A Rod. I mean, there's certain guys that. If Fletch says something like that or if Larry Fitzgerald says something like that, if somebody was calling me out in a general way to step up in my play, and I, and I would respond and I would be okay with it. Even and, if it's public? 
Yes, like I would. I would. I would be okay. I, I've been called out by by coaches. I mean, when we talk about BA, right? He does, he does it all the time. <laughs> He's called everybody so, out. So why does it matter if it's a player or not? It's the same thing. And that guy has been. He's a Hall of Famer caliber guy. It will be in the Hall of Fame, right? And so I yeah. take it the same way. Oh man, this dude is calling me out. I need to step my game up, especially if it's truth behind it. Yeah. Be humble. All right, man. He called me. Yeah, you're right. I missed four or five plays that I should make because uh, of my talent and my ability. See, I was just talking to my brothers about this on our podcast, our weekly podcast, um, last night, as a matter of fact, about this very specific issue. And for me right now, um, as long as you don't use names and you're telling the truth and you're holding yourself accountable, and I believe I'm with you on that, from what I heard from Aaron... He's holding himself accountable as well. I got no problem with him going out there. He's earned that right to go out there and tell the truth about what he sees and what is going on. Don't use names, of right. course, and always include yourself and where you need to get better. And he did do that. So, um, heck yeah, he's got the field cred to do it, man. He um, followed that up. That was originally on the Pat McAfee show. And then yesterday he was asked about it at his uh, media availability. And he said this. One of those guys has a problem with it. I'm right here. I love to have a conversation. I enjoy those conversations. You know, I enjoy any type of uh, conflict like that because I know the resolution on the other side is going to make us uh, you know, a better unit, a better friendship, a better cohesion on the field. But nobody's come to me and said, I got a problem with what you said. I think everybody knows, uh, Matt included. Uh, that you know, everything's got to got to take a little uptick, get a little better. They uh, look like they're in trouble, and he knows it, Zoe. And I know you know who they play next because it's, I mean, it's oh, yeah. going to Buffalo is not where you want to be playing if you desperately need a win. And I would say Green Bay's pretty much in desperation mode at this point. Yeah, I mean, and and to his point. Like most guys, if you call them out, they, ain't nobody coming up to A Rod and say, "Hey, man," especially from a young guy. Why? But he's invited. He's, in, he's invited him now. Yeah, <laughs> right. <laughs> now come and go on here. Come and have that conversation with me. But yeah, he he's trying to do anything possible to get guys on the same page because he understands that his time is counting down as well, right? And now I have to depend on some young guys, and you guys need to grow up. Because we need to be able to go out here and execute at a high level to give ourselves a chance. Because this, obviously, this is a team that's ran by him and his production and what he's able to do as a quarterback. But he's dependent. And that's why I always just saying, you know, quarterbacks are great, but they dependent on the guys around him. The most dependent on guys around him versus me rushing the pass. I ought to got to do my job, right? I don't have to worry about somebody else protecting me and then running a route and then catching the ball. And so he understands that. And he's trying to get these guys to rise their game up because he needs them. And ain't nobody coming to save them. So, hey, get your stuff together. Or I'm pretty sure they'll start bringing some guys into play if you're not going to step up and do your job. So did you ever have a guy walk up to you? I mean, a guy when you were younger walk up to you and say, what are you doing? Uh, You're you're so much better than what you're playing right now. Did you ever have a guy walk up on you and hold you accountable for anything? I never, never like you are better. Like I've had plays like I, I can I always remember. And this was practice but in um because in the game i went i went hard played hard i rarely i mean rarely had bad games i mean i had you know you you have them um but i think the way i led and how i reacted guys know knew that i was out here trying my hardest and it wasn't it wasn't from a lack of preparation or studying or being ready but i have had those plays where like london came up to me and was like 
man, what are you doing? Stay in your gap, bro. You know, because it, it led to a big play. And you just like, damn. Yeah. That's right. what Fletcher telling right. me. And you want to step up because you know how he prepares and what he brings to the game and how he really ever has a blown mistake or a misplay or a missed tackle. Like, man, okay. And he's and I always took it as if somebody's telling me they care enough to say, Oh, I want you when it's they don't how you say right. it too, right? Yeah, yeah. Well that but if they didn't say anything <laughs> Right, that was the worst. It was the silence. Oh, oh man, this dude—he oh, probably yeah. telling him to get me out of here. <laughs> he oh, gave yeah. up on me. Yeah, he gave up on me. But if he's telling me, okay, he respects my game. He knows that I can help this team. Let me step it up and 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 do the best I can to uh, do my part and do my job well. But yeah, I've had you know like London Fletcher probably is the guy that just pops out. But other than that, I always I didn't never wanted to be because I was a undrafted guy. So yeah. I didn't I didn't have my leash wasn't very long, and I knew that <laughs> wasn't very long. And so the mistakes that I, you know, made were, you know, I tried to make them very rare. And if it wasn't, yeah. if I made another one, it was a different one. It wasn't the same one. Man, although coaches, for the most part, um, back especially when I was playing, they coached hard. They coached you hard. That was the way they were going to do it, for the most part. Which meant, you know, they're going to scream at you. They were going to yell at you, do stuff like that. And if they didn't scream at you when you made mistakes, you knew you were gone already, <laughs> right? Yeah. But, you were looking right past but, but I can say this, honestly. A player walking up and kind of scolding you, getting after you a little bit. A teammate. Man, that hurt ten times worse. Right, of course. Any of course. Coach. It really did. Yeah. Even though it probably didn't put me in as much peril mm-hmm. <laughs> at that point in time because a player wasn't going to cut me. But a coach would, obviously. But, man, that, that hurt ten times as bad as any well, coach it, it probably, saying anything to you. It probably flipped for both you guys, too. I mean, I'm sure there were examples where you had to go up to guys, right? So and be like, hey, you got to be doing this better. Wolf, I'm sure you probably even had that as well, even at your position. Yeah, no, I did. Uh, <laughs> where I probably should have been quiet on a lot of it. Um, I did, but I was insane. <laughs> back, back when I was playing, can I just tell you right now, I was out of my mind, I admit it. Next! Yeah, yeah. Okay. The look on your face as I started to ask that question, I was like, I don't know where this is going to go. T- yes, please. Uh, real quick, let's play. This is uh, Matt Ryan, his reaction to getting benched in Indianapolis. You know, as a, as a player... Uh, um, you, you just always anticipate, you know, it's next week, you're getting ready, you're, you're going to go. And so that's where your mindset's at. And, and there, there is a little bit of, of that surprise and shock or whatever uh, at the beginning. Uh, it's a decision they had to make, you know, as, as a player, as a teammate, you have to move forward. And, and you, you've got to, you know, help out where you can. So I wasn't quite as high as Wolf was on this Matt Ryan to Indianapolis move, but I never would have believed he'd be getting benched going into week eight. Yeah, and it's hard. I mean, Matty's been a, a starter since day one, and to get benched, um, it's, it's hard to deal with. I mean, obviously, it's good to hear all the reports that come out from it, though. You know, how he's, you know, compartmentalized, transitioned, even though it hurts him probably, and he's probably pissed, you know, beyond all yeah. get up. As far as you doing this to me, I'm this vet, and you're going to bench me. It sounds like he's still being a professional and helping out the young guy. And that's always a testament because you can talk about it. I'm pretty sure Matt has gotten up in front of some team meetings and say, hey, you you may not like your role, but we need you to do your role to your best ability, right? He's probably been one of those guys to stand up just knowing a little bit from him and being a quarterback in, in the league all these years. And now that he's experiencing it, it's cool to see him actually doing it and not being a diva like, man, I bumped this. It's not what I came here for. Yeah. But really – 
serving and paying it forward to the next guy, even though it's not an ideal situation for him based on all the things that he's accomplished throughout his career. Text us your thoughts to the FanDuel text line at 620-620 right now. We come back. Is moving DeAndre Hopkins around necessary for the Cardinals offense to have success? We're going to ask Lorenzo Alexander. The lowdown continues next. It's Wolf and Luke on Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. 23 years in the National Football League, and I can tell you this. There is nobody that I admire and respect more than Lorenzo Alexander. He's one of those guys, he's like a lunch bell guy. That blue-collar appeal to coming to work, he's going to outwork you every single play. 15-year NFL veteran Lorenzo Alexander joins Wolf and Luke to give us the lowdown on the Cardinals and the NFL. Brought to you by your Valley Chevy dealers. See your Valley Chevy dealers for the ultimate lineup. Oh, baby, what a hit by Lorenzo Alexander. All right, Zoe, last week when we talked to you, See, we were going into Cardinal Saints. Everything yeah. was gloom and doom around the Cardinals. They were done. They were two and four. And then you go out, you play the Saints, you get DeAndre Hopkins back in right. one game. Not like everything's fixed, but everything seems a lot brighter <laughs> a week later. What did you see in that game offensively? I just want to give up. Hopefully everybody can hear that. I would join you, know, you about a little right. more clapping. Yeah, I'm, yeah. I'm, I'm clapping for Cliff. I saw some growth, and it had nothing to do with Hopkins. I know he said, well, you know, uh, if, if, if uh, you know, I can call plays, I, now I got Hop back when he goes out, you know, I'll let somebody else do it, right? Kind of <laughs> throwing right. shade like, you know, now I got Hop, my plays. But I actually saw a change as far as things uh Growing together, looking the same but different. And one of the main plays that he was running, again, he did it in the Philly game, but I didn't see any any options off of it. The, the counter, counter OT, yes. right? So one time, the first, well, the first play, Hop does make a big difference. Demario Davis, he, Hop was in the slot. He didn't come and play the run, and, and I don't know who was running the ball, but got a big gash first play of the game. But Demario was looking at Hop like, is he? I know they want to get the ball to him, right? So Hop does make a difference. But the counter. That was Eno, I think. Eno yeah, Eno, yeah. Yes. So ran ran the counter. First play, boom, big gash. Came back a little bit later. Ran the counter. Kyler keeps it. Boom, big gash. Then later in the game, they run the same thing. Counter, hop is in the slot, pass. You know, it's like a seven, eight-yard pass. So there's development as far as making the same play. Yes. Look the same, but you got options, which helped them out. Because then the, the, tack, the defensive end was like, should I stay in honor Kyler? It just allowed other things to happen. And that counter pass, Hop doesn't have to be in the, doesn't have to be up to run that because Hop didn't do anything special. He ran a slant, boom, catch. Majority of receivers in the NFL can can run that and catch the ball on right. that. So I just want to give kudos to Cliff, regardless of Hop being back, as far as having a play or a scheme that was building on each other that uh, that. Made the defense slow down a little bit, and it, it worked in various times throughout the game. And so, I really liked what I saw in that regard. So, were you um, surprised that DeAndre Hopkins was able to make that big a dent in Game One, no. coming off a week where he didn't even practice? No, uh, I think we. Were, he, well, he doesn't practice anyway, so he's, <laughs> Hop is good. He doesn't, he's a gamer. He's a gamer, and that's all you need to be in this league. But we, I think, Aaron was talking about. Some Something you know, kind of off. Like, hey, should I take this? Hop 100 yards, and he didn't have a touchdown. I was like, yeah, 
We know, yeah. 14 targets, you know, 10 receptions, whatever, 100 you have to yards. You feed him, right? I mean, right? You, 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 had, have to. you had to feed him. You knew he was going to, you knew he was going to get fed. And the only thing is missing a touchdown. They had PI on, on the one when he had an opportunity to get it. Um, and so he's just that type of difference maker. There's just certain guys in the league when you know when they come back, it's going to be, a, 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 it's going to be dominant. They're going to put their stamp on the game. And I've never watched a game where he didn't put his stamp on it. You know what I love about it, too, Zoe? I just want to say this quickly, but it's the best thing that could happen. DeAndre Hopkins I, was, I, Hopkins, I was talking about this the other day. He comes back the very first game. There he is. 14 yeah. targets, 10 receptions, 103 yards. Here we it go. It kind of seemed like the Saints were like, let's it see just, if he still has it. Right. It just reinforces everything the next three defensive coordinators are going to see on tape. Going forward, yeah. just the fact that, hey, this guy can still play. Oh, and yeah. Now I think it will help Kyler spread the ball. Yeah. Even more to yeah. others. Yeah, I see that too. And he's fresh too. I mean, he's coming in weeks ago. Oh, yeah. People banged yeah. up. But, you know, they obviously they don't have guys on their IR or their uh, injury report in the Minnesota Vikings, but their guys are legs a little dead. Every you know? other team has injured yeah. guys. <laughs> and he's still fresh. You know, I, I'll come back in and now has like a bye week after the first game. And so I think he's still going to be dominant. And to your, to your point, you know, I like that he was in the slot. You know, he, he moving around, motioning them. Those are the type of things you want to do so you can't necessarily dictate and this corner is going to line up on the right the whole time with him we're going to man up and then have the safety over the top when he moves in and out you have to communicate as a defense you know where is he who what kind of what's our what's our coverage call when he's at number three versus in the slot or at at one because it does change depending on where, where he's aligning and the guys that are working together so all those type of things that you can continue to do moving forward that doesn't allow defensive coordinators to kind of just sit back and look at him I think it's beneficial uh, for this offense as it continues to evolve and grow and improve the remainder of the season. This is uh, Kyler Murray yesterday on on the offense moving DeAndre Hopkins around. I think it's a necessity. I think, you know, his first year here, he had 1,400 yards. I don't know how. You know, we, we literally just, he lined up at, lined up on the left side of the field and uh, we just kind of went to work which, you know, every week it was why, you know, why are people allowing us to do this? I don't know, but it happened and then, you know, last year he was moving around a little bit more uh, ended up getting hurt and stuff like that but I think for us to easily you know just give them easy completions and get the ball in our best players hands got to move them around for sure so I think the the area where Cardinals fans get a little nervous as they look and they see okay Hopkins comes back in week seven and all of a sudden the offense didn't look perfect but it looked better and I hear what you're saying like you're not surprised this is DeAndre Hopkins this right is what he is but is it sustainable going forward where because in some ways it feels like if Hopkins is down on the ground for a play you're like is the season over like it feels like so much is tied to one guy now. I mean, it, it is in a sense because he's a great player. Anytime a great player goes out, there should be a, a, there should be a shift. Now, I'm not saying their offense should become anemic, anemic, but there's no there's only probably maybe five other guys on planet Earth right now that can do what Hop does, right? Mm-hmm. So when he when he's not on the field, there should be like, man, he's not out here on the field. I mean, this is the type of player he is, but 
I think there's still some things that Cliff can do from a schematic standpoint, as we just said. I said, just talking about the counter, counter pull, and then the counter pass, right? Hop doesn't have to be you on the field for, that. for those yeah. plays to be effective in that in that in that uh, progression to be effective and to slow down the defense a little bit. Now, obviously, if you want some of these big, massive plays and bail you out, those things are hard to create when you don't have uber talented guys that are, are head and shoulders above everybody else that Hop can create. But there's things that you can do within the system to to allow guys, and then also obviously Kyler continue to improve because there's still some guys open where. He's this feels like he may be hitching a little bit. So as he continues to get confidence and just playing more fluid, those things can still you can still have a sustainable offense without Hop being out there. It's just going to be another level. I really wonder too, though, if it helped Kyler Murray read coverage having Hop over on one side and one side only, and that was it. Does, did that clarify things? And that for was Kyler his rookie Murray? year, right? That was yeah. no, his second, second year. Second year. Second year. Well, that, that would be interesting to see too, because he 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 could potentially to get different looks based on where Hop is, right? Yeah. Who's covering him and who's not, not quite knowing how they're going to play Hop when he's in the slot or at number three versus being number one, or just always having him out there and you know what you're going to get, you know, 80% of the time. Based on the, the right, yes. every, Almost 80% of the time, because it's actually harder to disguise when a guy's on the outside versus the inside, because you just have less, you know, uh, proximity is, is a lot different. So yes. you almost have to to show your hand, especially at the single receiver side. Right, you almost have to show your hand. What What are you doing? Because I, if, if if I don't get out there, if I'm coming out like a linebacker to go out and maybe jamming first up and let the corner play up top, if I'm not out there right away, I'm not going to be able to do my job efficiently. And so, to Wolf's point, it could help help him. Um, and so, but you just kind of got to see what they do and how what rhythm they find. Kind of, it sounds like they're going to be moving forward with moving them around and being effective. Because yep. last year they were they were effective doing it right. I mean, yes. they was putting up 30-plus point plus points to Kyler's point. All right, we come back. We'll flip to the other side of the ball. What does the Cardinals' defense have to do to stop the Vikings' offense on Sunday? We're going to ask Zoe. The lowdown continues next. It's Wolf and Luke on Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. Arizona Sports. Here we go, 15-year NFL veteran, Lorenzo Alexander, joins Wolf and Luke. A guy who epitomizes class, integrity, and is a true gentleman. The lowdown, brought to you by your Valley Chevy dealers. See your Valley Chevy dealers for the ultimate lineup. All right, we got Lorenzo Alexander here for one more segment, Wolf, so I feel like we need to maximize this and, okay. uh, and focus on how the Cardinals can defend this weekend against the Minnesota Vikings. So we, Wolf and I were talking about this earlier. Minnesota, for as much as the Cardinals have struggled offensively this year, the Vikings are averaging less than one point more per game, but they've got Dalvin Cook and Justin Jefferson and Adam Thielen and K.J. Osborne. Mm-hmm. So if you are an opposing defense and you're facing the Vikings, who is your number one priority to try and slow? down you know i'm always starting with the run it's always the run game dalvin cook i mean because obviously jefferson and what he's able to do he's a he's a special talent in himself but if you can't stop the run game you can't stop nothing all that stuff everybody becomes a, a big time threat you know especially when you think about play action game and be able to take some shots down the field and you being one step slower than you typically would and and that was um I wouldn't say that was a big issue last week for the Cardinals, but um, they definitely need to be able to tackle better. That's going to obviously help them tackle 
Dalvin Cook and getting him down. And so last week it'd be interesting. I didn't get a chance to look this stat up. I'm just kind of going back um, to the Saints game. It felt like, especially on the back end, they gave up a lot of yak. Um, yards after contact or catch, however you want to look at it. There was a lot of big plays that this defense hasn't been giving up. And yeah. obviously the Minnesota Vikings have the skill set and uh, the, the talented guys over there to be able to do that. And so when I look at the game, that's something that they have to get back to from the first six weeks of the season and is eliminate the big chunk plays. I mean, you had that big shot, right, uh, where – I know everybody was um, talking about Wilson, but it was actually a, a, a quarters beater, right? They they took the middle of the field safety out with a with a deep dig, and the backside corner was supposed to replace the safety, right? Wilson had great great. I thought he was in great position. Obviously, he didn't make the play, but that backside corner is supposed to then replace the middle of the field safety and then help him stop that. He got beat too because he was a little slow. So it was about a, the, the Shahid touchdown. Yeah, the first one, yeah. the big shot, right? And I know Wilson was getting a big, you know, oh, he gave up this big you know play but it was a it was a combination of a couple of guys not playing fast and when you can't stop the run and you and it takes you a little extra second to read what's going on those type of plays typically can can, can happen uh to you so that one i know it was like a short crossing route that broke out and got down that was another like 50 or 60 yarder and then some other ones that they just didn't tackle well yeah where typically That's... i'm just used to seeing them get guys may catch it but they uh, they write on them and so that happened like you know four or five times throughout the game and so I just want to see them clean that back up um, obviously they did a great job taking the ball away but eliminating some of those big plays is going to be significant against this team this week that's playing really well playing some good football yeah you know for me once again the tackling you you nailed it right there for me they've got to get better the last two games specifically uh, I think there's been more missed tackles than I can recall yeah I, yeah especially the Seattle game with Kenneth right. Walker oh, yeah and that was goodness. one of the things I think really stood out last year as a defense like when guys caught the ball they was on the ground immediately and so that's why you know I don't know how significant this strain calf that Jalen Thompson has so hopefully it's something that doesn't keep him out right something that doesn't hurt him because he's to me he's one of their better tackles obviously with Buddha as far as just getting guys down and yeah. you want guys out there to be able to lead by example and play well and so that's one of the things that I'll be keeping my eye on as the week progresses and then obviously into the game so what do you like if you were talking to, if, you, if you were on this defense if you were a leader on this defense you are coming off a game where you gave up 494 yards and you gave up 34 points but you also had three interceptions and you scored two touchdowns as a defense. So you have to sort of recalibrate and be like, okay, we don't have to worry about scoring as a defense. We just got to make sure they don't score. Yeah, I mean, obviously you want to be able to take the ball away. That's always things, but it starts with the basics and fundamentals and it's stopping the run, right? Impacting the quarterback, winning on third down, but you can't give up chunk plays. Chunk plays is the death of any defense, right? If you look at it and try to go back and analytically, if you have like a a big chunk play or even like a 15-yard penalty or something, most of the time those those drives are ending in points. Yeah. And so just by eliminating those and just tackling and getting a guy down, you give your op- yourself an opportunity to line back up because most offenses, and, you know, as cliche it is, aren't going to nickel and dime their way down the field. Um, you're gonna, it's going to be ending in a punt. Maybe a long field goal attempt, but they're not going to be able to be in the red zone and scoring touchdowns on you. So that's, for me, yeah, I want to take the ball away, but I want to eliminate these big plays because I'm definitely going to kill myself. And even if I had some turnovers early in the game, 
that that team with the big plays can still survive and have a chance at winning the game later on if we don't cut those things out. Which is why scoring is down in the National Football League because you're getting mm. a lot of this two shell coverage yeah, yeah. that is going on right now. They're saying, right. "Hey, listen, we'll let you do that. Go ahead, dink and dunk." <laughs> right, right. This is the way they're doing it. They're yeah. not giving up big plays. It's one of the reasons why scoring is down yeah. to the degree in which it is. You said that before, and then we had a clip of Kyler Murray saying almost the exact same thing of that. That's what I would do if I was playing defense, and that's what he's seeing a lot. Uh, so, it's why you got to be able to run the ball. You yeah. have to be able to do that. If they're going to give you two two safeties high, look, you got to be able to run the ball. Yeah, you're running against nine guys. So um, before we let you go, I want to get the uh, the weekly Zaven report oh, card. Let yeah. the team in tackles again. <laughs> Did he? Yeah, yeah. So, yeah, well, so, well, you know, I, so again, I, th- I think from especially early in the game, I think the way the game transpired, it kind of hid some of the things. But I, I feel like he was indecisive, and we all had those games where we don't have a quite good feel of it, or we don't come out quite right. I don't know if it was the short, the short week, but we just don't have a good sound of, of 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 the game plan and what we're trying to do. And maybe he didn't have, you know, obviously the the real life. Uh, stuff in practice that you're going to everything was a walkthrough yeah. so I thought a couple of times throughout the game he was uh, a little tentative uh, with his hands and just the physicality and just in and out of his gap I don't think it was his best game even though he had production I don't think it was his best game as far as being where he needed to be being physical and uh, being productive at the line of scrimmage now they was throwing the ball they checked it down to Kamara a couple of times that he was making tackles on and doing some stuff like that so he was probably able to you know stuff the the stat sheet a little bit, but when I look at you know down in and down out physicality, where's his eyes at, where he needs to be, what his feet look like, you know all those things that his coaches probably tell him the same thing. I don't think it was his best game uh, this year. I think he may even took maybe a step back from where he has been doing and, and how effective he has been. Give me your evaluation on Kirk Cousins before we let you out of here. I haven't watched a lot of a lot okay. of Kirk lately, so you but seen a lot. not 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 okay. not recently. But I mean, Kirk has always been one of those guys that can thread the needle, can you know move the ball, boot. I mean, I had him when he was a rookie when we had RG three, and he's always been one of those guys that can play at a high level, but he can also be one of those guys that that get you beat too. So I mean, I think he's been more consistent, especially in the regular season. He's always done really well. So we'll see what happens. I think it's somebody you have to respect though don't overlook I think he's one of the guys that's kind of getting overlooked because he's right there on the cusp right yeah. right there in the middle of the he's, pack yeah, sometimes he can be like oh he's yeah. a top 10 quarterback he has those three touchdown games yeah, you're like, and oh, other, just lost. yeah and then yeah. other times he's kind of right there in the pack but I um, mean I love him he's going to be prepared he's going to understand what he needs to do and, 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 and know how to beat you most importantly what did you think of the uh, Marco Wilson flip into the end zone <laughs> I think that got him <laughs> NFC defensive player of the week on it yeah man that's just a young player doing young things because you know when you're older <laughs> Man, I'm, I'm trying to stay off of the ground. <laughs> nah, my back, my back would have been messed up right there, thrown out. Yeah, no, no, no. You know he's young. You so, saw the meme though, right? I yeah, mean, oh, yeah, it was great. Oh, I saw it when it happened live. Yeah. Like they showed it slow mo when it ha- before the meme even came out. When he Andy was walking. Yeah, I said, oh, that's gonna be a meme. I guarantee that's gonna be so a meme. Good, man. <laughs> Instant meme. So good so stuff, thank man. You, buddy. Thank yep, you. Yep, always.